Uh, well, I'm glad we're on for ministry advancement training today. Uh, we are talking about church partnerships and uh, what that looks like, how to get started, kind of what's our philosophy and um, thought process behind it. But before we kick off, Ed, would you open us in prayer? Of to. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Uh, <clears throat> we're so grateful, Lord, that you um, gave us the ultimate gift, your sacrifice. So where there was no way, you made a way for us to be able to commune with you. And uh, we come to you now, Lord, giving back our lives that you've given to us. We ask that you fill us, Lord, so that you can use us. We want to be your servants. We want to serve you. We surrender all to you. We give you this time. We lift up Margot and her great leadership. We just ask that you speak through her, anoint her. Lord, that this time will bring you honor and glory. And Lord, speak to our hearts how we can better serve you, expand your kingdom, and use your church, Lord, as a partner in our mission to win souls for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, well, I'm so excited about this today. I think, you know, church partnership is something that's been important to me, um, kind of in my time with FCA. But as we kick off, I just a couple of things we're going to start with and just thinking through it. Um, we know that, you know, we want to grow our ministry exponentially. We know that as staff people, we cannot be the ones who are doing the ministry um, and grow the way we want to grow. We can't minister to every coach and athlete that's in our areas, especially for some of you that have huge areas, we know that there's some obstacles or limitations to our capacity. And so I truly believe that the, some of the greatest ways we can do this is inviting more people into our ministry. Anybody who can catch the mission and vision, have a passion for sport and for Christ is really, we want to invite them in. And uh, I believe that as a parachurch ministry, you know, the church is our greatest asset. We are serving the church. Um, we want to help grow the church, which is God's kingdom, God's people. Um, but as we can go outside of the walls of the church to do that. And that's why FCA is, I just think the greatest opportunity um, for us to work together. So we know church uh, partnership is also uh, a key part of our ministry that overlaps in all lanes of advancement. So um, I'm going to show of hands, how many people have been intentional about using the church for board and donor advancement? Anybody board and donor using the church? Uh, yeah. So whether that's um, asking, you know, having uh, churches be on your home team, um, whether that's speaking at church to develop relationships, to find more board members or more donors, that's, a, that's an easy one, right? We know that that's, there's a lot of people there who have the vision that we have. Second, talent advancement, and that kind of goes with that, but recruiting more staff come from churches. Somewhere they're in a church, the people we want on our team. And so we know those are, again, clear. That's where we're going to find people. And then finally is ministry advancement. And how many people, how many people have intentionally had a strategy about partnering with the church for ministry? Show of hands. Anybody like had a plan with that? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I'd love to hear from a lot of you in some of these conversations. So to start, um, we need to have a strategy. And I think it starts with our mindset. So as we think about ministry advancement, 
Um, this is something that we've had a ministry advancement team across the country who've been working on really clearly defining church partnership and what that looks like and how we can do it with excellence. So um, this is just a, a definition. Uh, it says FCA comes alongside a local congregation to serve and to send its members to lead every coach and athlete in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. So the two primary focuses are to serve the church and then to send the church um, to do the ministry. So it's all about relationships. As we look to enter into like a partnership or a relationship with a church, we really, and Frank says this, and I love this line, like if it's a relationship, where do we relate? That's where we begin, where we have, you know, where we relate. And so I think this is the greatest opportunity for us is to go in and hear the heart, the vision and the plan from a church. So, you know, asking a pastor, what's your deepest desire for your church? And that's a big question to ask. So I'm going to pose a question to you all. And um, like I said, Frank and I were building this out this uh, last couple of weeks and he can't be here because he's at director's training. But one of the questions that we wanted to start with is how did you approach your home church when you came on staff and or were, were in the process of coming on staff? What was your approach to your home church? You know, where you attend, you know, your family, your church family, um, any, any suggestions or thoughts that, that you can bring to the table and share with the group that might be helpful. Okay. I, um, Margo, I just spoke with our, uh, elder board initially. And, um, from that conversation, they asked me to present to the congregation and, so I did that, and and of course, thankfully, this was pre-COVID, so there were people there, which was yeah. nice. <laughs> so that that was really the the initial step. And yeah. So what did that meeting, Glenn, look like with you and the elder board? Like, what was what was the conversation? What did you talk to them about? I talked with about the mission mission vision for for fellowship Christian athletes, um, and a little more specifically about my particular role and mm -hmm. what I would be doing um, with with FCA. And um, I think, but I'm trying to think back now, this is over a year and a half ago, a lot of more from that just generated questions that they had at that point. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe a pastor was familiar with FCA, but he would have been it. None of the elders were at all. So it was more of an opportunity to just share with them and um, educate them beyond the mission and vision, even talk about our strategies. And again, a role and, and vision for our state here in Vermont and specifically this region right here where the church is located. Yeah, and what do you think, I'm gonna ask, keep asking follow-up questions, Glenn, because this is good. What do you think, um, what made them excited? Like what was the thing that got them excited about coming beside you or coming, you know, uh, working with you in this? Um, honestly, probably the fact that our church really had a mission of wanting to see its own people serve, serve in missions. Mm. And so, I'd say it's probably more so that I was doing something rather than what it was, you know, could okay. have been young life, could have been, you know, some, it's just the fact that somebody from our church was going out and serving. And that's years ago, our church made a um, conscious effort to, as hard as it was to pull back from the missionaries we don't really know weren't from our church body and say, we want to send our people, whether yeah. it's short term, long term, we do a lot of short term missions projects. And that's really where the emphasis has gone. So I, that was probably more from their end that than, than the what it was more the who than the what it's yeah yeah so what I hear from you is the relationship that you had right with your church and them wanting to see 
um, their, their church body serving and being the church in the community. That's what I hear from you. Yeah. So anyone else have a different kind of experience or what was your experience when you approached your home church? Um, where did it begin for you? Mario, for me, it was, um, it was actually an, a neat process. So I, I talked to the senior pastor and he's like, yes, absolutely. Speak to the missions committee. Um, missions committee met. Um, I presented to them. That was great. Cause like Glenn, not many, if any had heard of it. Um, then it was um, support, but then it was also going back to the past and meeting went well. Uh, thanks for your vote of confidence. And then there was excitement about evangelism, uh, about someone from the congregation going out and bringing the gospel into the schools. He then said, why don't we commission you in front of the congregation? That gave us an opportunity to present that we are now ministers of the gospel going out full-time ministry. Then we actually had the opportunity to present FCA to the entire congregation so that they could then <clears throat> personally support with their time, talent, and treasure into FCA. And because the church was behind it, they wanted to get behind um, us as well. So it was a great opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I think, again, having that relationship with your church, with the pastors, um, gives that confidence, that stamp of approval, you know, for more people to get on board. That's what I keep hearing is the relationship. Now, um, we're going to move into like, where do we start with churches outside of that? Because I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to ask this question and maybe just show of hands if you're if you're on the on your screen. But how many of you have approached um, have approached other churches that you had no connection with, like cold call, reaching out, you know, um, trying to trying to connect. And um, that's that's I think I think our next opportunity for a lot of our areas. We have a lot of staff people who are just starting, who are coming into these areas, and maybe we don't have relationships with all these churches. And so one of the ways we want to talk about this is what are the areas that we have common vision. What are some of the things where FCA can come alongside and serve um, that can also be a passion for the church? So I'd like to open this up and just think about some of those things that you've either heard from pastors, from those conversations, from the missions teams, or whatever you've met with. What are the things on their heart where that align with FCA? So let's just brainstorm for a moment about that. I haven't met a pastor that doesn't want to have an impact in local schools. Um, yeah. you, you won't meet one. Um, and so, you know, you have that in common, right? You know, that we have essentially, I've told pastors this before, I have access to places you don't. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you don't say that arrogantly, but you say that as, hey, here's a reality that we can help you minister in your backyard. Yeah. Schools, absolutely. Young people. What else? Glenn alluded to it in his conversation about sending. You know, I think, I think pastors want to mobilize their people. You know, it's one thing to have people come to your church and sit in a pews on Sunday mornings or whatever. But I think the desire of the church, the greater vision of the church is to be the church in the community, right? So FCA with E3 and what we're trying to accomplish, 
mobilizing volunteers, mobilizing people is one of the ways that we can serve the church. The other thing is like, so Frank and I brainstormed a few of these, the sports community, you know, um, the world sports is happening. Uh, sports are happening on Sunday mornings, you know, different times people are pulled out of church so often for sports. And that's a community that we can reach. Um, you know, Frank, one of the things that Frank said in his church, which, which I thought was interesting was utilizing men that he's like so many times men in church, you know, there, many of them are like tech team, you know, where, where are they serving in the church where in FCA, we can find men who love sports, who may not feel like they have a place to serve in the church, but they can serve with us. Right. And, and be involved. Um, also people reading God's word, like what pastor doesn't want their community reading and leading small groups in God's word. So just thinking through some of the areas that will come out in these conversations for me. And just when I started, and this is another thing, being like a woman on staff, maybe um, it can be intimidating sitting down with a pastor, you know, especially when I was 25 starting and um, not really knowing what to say, but kind of going in and just asking so many questions. Tell me about where you've been. Tell me about what you're doing. Well, um, you know, one of the questions Frank had was, um, pastor, I know you have a plan to minister to the people in your congregation. What's your plan to minister outside your congregation and in your community and asking those questions to challenge them? You know, what are the ways that you're seeking to reach your community and how is that going? So I think when we go into these meetings, you know, if we get opportunities, we want to be strategic and thinking about what are the things that we do really well, the things that are our kind of vision focus, mission, you know, um, strategies, and then where can we tailor that to meet the needs of the church? You know, if it's a, the right partnership and we have, of course, aligned um, doctrine and all of those things. But the biggest thing is what are the questions that we want to ask that might lead the pastor there? And that's what Frank and I were discussing when we put this together. You know, what questions can we pose that put them in the arena to seeing the value of FCA? So um, any thoughts about kind of questions or places that maybe starting with the place, the end result, where do we want to lead that conversation? How do we want to partner with the church? So I'd love to open it up and just have thoughts. Like, what have you guys done? What has been successful for you in the arena of partnering with churches? Margo, I think uh, I can tell you what's not successful. Okay, go, uh, Dave, go, go first. But go ahead, Ed. No, you're you're up, Parksy. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, the the main things that you've been talking about, that the group has been talking about, is be <clears throat> ultra focused on um, ultra focused on what we are doing as a ministry because we are lasered in and making sure that that um, is super clear and that we're not going to wind up being all things ministry to the church and because <clears throat> that will be many times the desire right so I think it's a, a, a it's a fine line of being able to <clears throat> really see um, just to be very clear on service to the church and service with the church and the community uh, with us doing what only we can do and not being, you know, sort of, I don't want to use the word trapped into or fall into, but I've been in those spaces, particularly um, 
with many of our, our newer staff. I was once one of them. I don't often, I, I'm so excited to get something going that I wind up signing up for things uh, that are really um, not what we're doing. Then you find yourself um, in spaces that you need to not be in. So that's- yeah. That's a really good point. Um, I was also one of those staff who did that on occasion and got roped into things that I were, were not mission and vision. We're, we're outside of my ministry plan um, because the church asked. And to be honest, if we're transparent, when money's on the line and they're supporting you, you kind of feel that obligation sometimes, you know, and that's where we have to be, like Dave said, crystal clear about who we are and what we do, um, how that relationship and partnership works. You know, we really want to have excellent coaches and provide what we are, which is, you know, a sports ministry um, and not get sucked into things and just serving the church because they have a need. Um, one one quick just kind of thing that I think we could <clears throat> do more of. We used to do this very often when when I was more involved with coaches huddles and leading those. Churches are great locations for those things to happen. I just think that's a real easy thing where <clears throat> a coach doesn't have to feel like they're in a Bible study in a Dunkin' Donuts and feel like they're on on a stage. Um, you know, I think church is just an easy, easy place, and most churches are pretty relaxed about letting you know letting a, a Bible study occur in their in their building. So I think that that's a uh, a great thing to consider. Um, you know, when when teaming up with churches. Yeah, it's good. Ed, what did you, did you have something that you wanted to add or something different? Yeah, we actually just recently, yesterday, um, met with a church who I was unfamiliar with. I knew the church, didn't know the pastor, first time meeting him, youth pastor, and really, you know, how are you reaching the, the kids that are involved in sports that can't come to your youth group? Um, and it was, it was awesome. We had a, you know, hour and a half meeting with him. He is introducing me to two coaches. One is on their elder board. Um, their youth represents three churches in the area where the church resides. So there's ministry opportunity. And then, you know, from there will be, um, support coming from the church as we get the ministry going. So, you know, I think the, the, how do you get, um, the kids that can't come to youth group? Um, and the reason that came up is on Saturday night, we met with a couple, have four kids there were in ministry in the, in the city and then moved out to Connecticut and they're anxious to get FCA in their local house, high school because their kids aren't part of youth group because of sports. So it was like, here's this, you know, amazing opportunity with the church and with the, the kids. So, yeah. And, and with that, so I do think that's an amazing opportunity because churches do have a passion for youth, but also expanding their vision of who we are, because sometimes they just are laser focused thinking, oh, we'll just minister to all the athletes. Well, we focus on ministering to and through coaches and that clarity and transparency that we're not just doing youth ministry. Like that's a component of what we do, um, but we're ministering to the sports community as a whole. And like, Ed, like connecting with those coaches, that's an awesome opportunity, you know, and finding the people, the families. And I found the greatest opportunity in the church is finding the families who are sports families and connecting and developing relationships with those families who have a passion, you know, who want to see their sports teams transformed, you know, because a lot of these kids are playing on teams that there aren't a lot of Christians. So all of those things are great conversations. Um, anything else, anything else to add, um, things that you've done that you've seen successful with church partnership? 
Man, I would say, hey, guys, I would say one thing that has just been brewing up for us over here is, uh, man, where are leaders meeting in the church? And uh, a lot of churches are doing, like, conferences. And one of our pastors, his name is Pastor Todd out of LIU. He does our huddle out there. Uh, he reached out and said, hey, I'm doing a conference here. Man, would love to get some FCA folk down here to be a part of that. And I got excited about that just because, you know, it's just a great way to connect with some leaders uh, locally, some men. And so I don't really know what the outcome of that would be, but I think when there are opportunities to and so into the church, as far as making an investment, paying $20 to be a part of a conference or something that they're hosting, mm -hmm. showing them that not only are we here to just serve them uh, in terms of, you know, service with ministry, but if we can sow $20 or something to be a part of a conference to say, hey, man, we believe in the church. We believe in the leadership of the church. And we want to we want to be examples of people that love the church. And this is just one way with our with our with our finances to show that we want to give to not yeah. just receive. So I don't know what that could uh, come about, but those are some of the things that are starting to brew over here on this end. Manny, that's so good. So that was going to lead me into one of my other points that I wanted to talk about is making sure and thinking through that our, our relationship with churches are not transactional. Um, I sat on a missions uh, board at my church for several years, and I was shocked at how many people we had no relationship with as a church would send missionary letters asking for support, like out of the blue, like they must have found a church directory somewhere and just blasted. And I was like, really? Like, that's kind of crazy to me. Um, but really being thoughtful about, like, like Manny said, sewing into the church, you know, some of my partnership camps that we've done with churches, um, we footed a lot of the bill to help support that. Now, the hope is that they'll see the, see the fruit and want to invest their finances in it at, in the future. But just knowing that sometimes God calls us to serve sacrificially for the church. And so just being discerning about that, praying through those things, we want to be wise with our finances, of course. But I think there's a time and a place um, to do both, like to, you know, to, to really give and serve. Um, and then also we will receive from the church as well. I had a thought. If I had if somebody said, Dave, you got one play to run with a, with a local church. What play would you run? So if I was calling plays in football, you know, I've got my plays. I'm like, I want one play to run. Now that depends on the situation, depends on the defense, right? So take this into context. This wouldn't be the thing you would do all the time, but. If you had a church that was willing to partner with you and it was a relatively new relationship, <clears throat> I would say that partnership camp, some kind of camp in the summer, activity-based is the is is the best tool we have. If I just was going to, because they've got a facility, you're always trying to meet coaches inside of a church, right? And and if you put out something like a 3D coaching seminar or something, you might get some coaches. Coaches want to coach. Let's never forget that. Coaches love to coach. So you put an opportunity out there where they can they can coach. Then you're also serving the kids that are in the church because every church is trying to do VBS or some summer program anyway. Okay. So you bring in what we have. They see a caliber of a program that is beyond anything, no offense to churches, that that most of them anyway have not not been able to operate 
their programs at a sports level the way that we can do it, right? That's just who we are, the way what God's given us. So then you're also connecting with the investment side because you're going to share resources and all that. And so, man, if you can find a church that's even if they got a grass patch, and you can do something like soccer for the kids for I mean just just do it. I mean, it it um it's been I mean our local church Browncroft Cody's running it now, but they're asking us, hey, when can we do that soccer camp again? We want we want that back here, you know. And and we met a whole bunch of coaches as a result of it. So yeah. if I had one play, that would be my play. Love it. Um, I completely agree. You know, that was, so we had a couple other questions that if you were going to ask a pastor, you know, to lead them, it was sports camp. What summer programs do you offer and how many people does it reach in the community? You know, kind of asking that question. And then, you know, Frank came up with, have you ever done something to challenge people to read scripture corporately thinking of fields of faith and backing of fields of faith, maybe adopting, um, you know, a huddle and supporting a huddle with Bibles. That's another great way to ask, you know, if you, if they want to get involved and serve and, you know, uh, adopting a community huddle. So we're at close to time here. I'm just going to share my last kind of points. If you, if you don't have a strategy around partnering with churches for ministry, my challenge to you is pray. Um, think about the relationship first, always be a great listener and ask pointed questions um, and find the overlaps, find the connections. And then how can we serve and send, keeping that in mind, where do we need people and how can we serve the church to help them get involved with ministry? Um, so that's what we have for today in terms of church partnership. I love Dave's point. Again, if there's one way to start one play, I love that partnership camp or clinic model. Um, there's so many, we have a lot of resources around this. Um, I would say FCA as a whole is trying to kind of unify that and make it um, more clear, more single focused. But um, if you want any of those resources, uh, we've got a whole, a whole group of them, a whole folder of them. I'm happy to share those out. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys jumping on today. And uh, any questions, reach out to Frank or I anytime about church partnership. So Great thanks job, everybody. Michael. I, I wanted to, um, yeah, people got to jump. I just wanted to offer one thing since I see you still got the recording on the, the gold star on the camp discussion. Okay. So a plus, I think a, a, you get a grade of an A, if you can pull that off, here's the a plus ready, the gold star. If you can do that partnership camp with a church and you can get a facility at the high school or the school district that is within that church's community, bang, you just hammered it because the church wants to outreach, right? They don't, they don't just, and, and a lot of kids in a community are not willing to maybe come do the church building, right? So if you can market it as we're doing this church camp, but we're hosting it at the local school or whatever, now you just send it over the moon. So I would, I would totally try to, you know, maneuver that our church didn't quite buy into that yet. We're still trying to like, Hey, you know, we could do it like this, you know, so we'll see if we get there this year, but that's another thought. That's so good. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Any final thoughts before we jump? If you got to go, you can go. Anybody else? All right. Well, thanks everybody. Appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Margo. Margo, can you hang on for just a sec? Sure. Thank you, Margo.